Listen in the dojo and dynamite. Dynamite, put your hand in ring is out of sight. All elite TNT make it feel right. Put your hand all elite, time to unite. One's name Rich, the other Ashley. The number one pod for the whole family. Time to fill your wrestling appetite. Now it's time to start dojo and dynamite. This is Ashley and Rich here with episode 88 of Dojo and Dynamite. It is Monday, August 16th, and we are coming off quite the busy weekend weekend of wrestling. We had a stacked AEW Dynamite last week, the debut of AEW Rampage, uh, New Japan Resurgence, Triple Mania, and some Jets Giants preseason football. We had a very action-packed weekend, and I apologize ahead of time if this episode potentially gets long. There were two AEW events, of course, New Japan event, as Ashley had said. We'll talk a little bit about Triple Mania because Andrade. We did not get an opportunity to watch it, but we we do have we did have that match. Omega and Andrade had that AAA title match. Obviously, Ric Flair was involved. That was big. It's just fun to talk about. Rampage was a smashing success. Christian Cage, the new Impact World Champion, like 15 years <laughs> since the first time. What what a weekend. What a week. It's difficult because, you know, normally we have a little stuff to talk about. Football's back. Went to the Jets-Giants preseason game. What a game. It was StubHub was an absolute nightmare. The line of people that we had to try to get into this damn thing. Yeah, the tickets decided to not load on the mobile app and on the website. Couldn't get in. <laughs> Couldn't use their e-tickets. Which is a nightmare. Imagine that, like, for All Out. Holy shit. I have them I have them screenshotted. Like, this I have just... them in my Apple wallet. I have them everywhere. Like, this was just a preseason game. But yeah. this is the whole new thing. I mean, there's no more paper. Like, everything's kind of contactless. It's all mobile. Like, this is what's going to happen. And, and StubHub crashes because everybody tries to access, I'm sure... They're ticketed the exact same time. Now, I'm not blaming. Look, it was a preseason game. It's a kind of test run. I get it. Who cares? It was the first Daniel preseason Jones didn't game. Even play. Yeah, Saquon Barkley didn't play. Galladay didn't play. Kadarius Tony didn't play. Daniel Jones didn't play. It didn't matter. We These missed guys most of the first quarter, but it was uneventful, to it say was, the least. It was 3 nothing. Until, until like, less than quarter. 5 to go in the third quarter. This game was abysmal. <laughs> I think I watched like 30 seconds of it actually being there but we did get sausage peppers and cheesesteaks my first ever stadium cheesesteak it's pretty good very messy yeah it was very messy they did they did give you all 13 dollars worth of that fucking cheesesteak i had a nice cold budweiser so all in all it was a success hot day but fun nonetheless, packed stadium, which is what we're hoping we get for the AEW events going forward. Of course, All Out, Arthur Ashe, these are shows we're going to be going to, Nork Show, pumped. Super pumped. And cannot forget GCW, Art of War Games. I already forgot. But nonetheless, <laughs> we will cover that as we go that weekend. That'll be interesting. That'll be lots of fun. But, but we've got a massive show. So much to talk about. So we're just going to go ahead and dive in, starting with... Last week's a Dynamite recap. So, show opens up with promo. We have MJF, but more importantly, Mr. Big Money. Big Money Wardlow. Getting ready for that main event match with Jericho. So, Wardlow gets TV time. MJF does a lot of the talking. They kind of tease a little bit of that dissension between the two of them, which, again, now kind of feels like, you know... We might actually we be could ready get, for this. But we could get it. Right. I know the pinnacle's new, which can make things difficult. But you could get it now because it's been two years. But with AEW sometimes, and it's no offense to them, but they move so slow that, you know, you had mentioned earlier, this is kind of a side conversation, but you had mentioned earlier about Chris Statlander versus Nyla Rose, which happens on the show. It's kind of the number one contender in a way. Statlander's going to have a chance, I believe, to face Britt Baker at All Out. But you talked about her their match originally, which was over a year and a half ago. Yeah, at, at Revolution. Revolution 2020. And it doesn't feel like it was that far. Obviously, COVID kind of screwed the pooch. 
But it's, you know, AEW moves at a snail's pace sometimes that where, you know, this is the second time these guys are facing and it's a year and a half later. And it feels like I remember the first one because Statlander had the flu. Yeah, I was going to say this, this Dynamite match um, just seemed to click a little bit better than their first meeting. But on the other side of what you're saying, um, you know, there's the long-term storytelling, of course, it's, it's a bit of a slow burn. But what I do appreciate is that AEW doesn't overkill it with these matchups. No, I I don't mean it that way. Again, it's it, the the long booking on some of these things. Of course, you have to have long term booking. Of course, you have to have these. But you know, sometimes when you're in these situations, it's like, man. I mean, you know, Statlander and Nyla wrestled over a year and a half ago, and we're getting a second one now on a dynamite. Oh, we do have to mention though, Statlander did get injured, so there's lost time. Well, she there did. Too. There is lost time, but. It's like, you know, you start to kind of think, and it's like some of these individuals are getting older quick. And they're not given these opportunities because of how long it takes sometimes with, you know, decisions on titles and movements, etc. How long these title reigns end up being, which, again, was a take that I made on Twitter, which I appreciated everybody's feedback. I really did. But it was a, a hot take where it talked about a title being prestigious because it was being defended long. And that, that's just simply not true. What in actuality it's doing in AEW is it's not making it as much an exclusive division as much as it's dividing what you're going to have at the end because how many times or how many people are you going to have around for how long as people age the longer you decide to give one-year reigns to everybody? And is this going to be one of those things where, and we've talked about this before and I'm adamantly against it, is this going to be one of those things that it's like, hey, it's your turn. Hey, it's your turn. Hey, it's your turn. Instead of doing what's best for the story. And in between, you get the same routine, mundane, rudimentary, classic opponents. Where they kind of got to beat Eddie Kingston. You got to beat Lance Archer. You kind of have the same run of the mill every single time of defending it. No, I, I, I hear you on that. We've, we talk about that all the time about... Seeing a little more diversity um, with the reins in terms of short and long, flip-flopping back and forth. Um, but yeah, like you said, you know, age, of course, matters to a point in terms of as you get older, longevity is not on your side. But I think time is the most important thing. Um, it, it, it goes by so quick. Like, like you said, just in a blink of the eye. We're from we're from Revolution twenty twenty to here. That's that's what I think. It, that's what I think it is. That's that's what it is. It's this reality that Revolution twenty twenty was eighteen months ago. And yes, and all COVID of a sudden, happened. It's a different yes, year, but but all of a sudden you're here, and eighteen months from that day, only Kenny Omega has won the AEW World Title because Moxley had the championship that day. So in 18 months, we've had one new champion. That's wild. That's wild. That's that kind of stuff that you start thinking, hey, well, you know, these guys are starting to get older. And it's not all about younger talent because this whole thing, this, this whole vicious, nasty cycle and this nasty opinion about young talent needs to end too. Yes, it's important to highlight younger talent because there are talents that are boundless. Doesn't matter by age, doesn't matter by number. Christian Cage is 47 and a fantastic match against Kenny Omega. The Impact World Champion deserves every second of it. I don't want to hear anybody else. No nonsense. Fantastic. Absolutely. And at the same time, Jungle Boy, 22, 23 years old, deserves the exact same amount of time on television to have his story, which is with Christian Cage. Age is irrelevant. But there are factors that play a role, as Ashley has stated, that age is not always on everybody's side. Sometimes people don't age as gracefully as Christian does. Well, no, we, a friend and I were talking about this over the weekend, and I think this is not, this is not AEW, it's just in, in general. Like, if you are relying on your quote-unquote older talent all the time, you're going to set yourself up for a disadvantage because 
you have to you have to build your younger talent. You have to diversify your roster because you can't wrestle forever. You can't. You know what I mean? Like yeah. And then what's going to happen with this vicious cycle of younger talent, younger talent? What happens when it's Darby Allen's turn? We're going to be looking at younger talent. Is that what's going to happen when it's these guys' turns to now take this reign? When they become the Cody's? When they become the Kennys? When they're 35, 36, 37 years old? When they're hitting their real primes right here? Are we going to be looking for the future? We have to forget about these guys no, that we're you trying have, to you carry? Have to, you, you have to look at... Of course, you have to look towards the future, but you also have to enjoy the present. And I think AEW does a really nice job of balancing the talent that they have in terms of who they're it's, showcasing. It's all booking. Just go out there, find the best talent regardless of age, guys that you think fit, guys, girls, women, who doesn't matter, who fit your system who fit your mantra, whose values identify with your values, because AEW has a very unique style of wrestling, has a very unique style of booking. You find individuals, regardless of age, that are very talented. You scout, you find the best of the best, and you bring them into their organization. It's simple. Age is not a factor. Nothing's a factor. Talent's a factor. Talent, what exactly. do you bring to the table? Hey, I'm a great promo. Awesome. Hey, I'm a great wrestler. Awesome. Hey, I'm a great referee. Awesome. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter gender. Doesn't matter race. Doesn't matter age. It doesn't matter. And I don't like seeing any of this division on Twitter. I get, I get so tired of seeing all of this division because it's, it's disheartening. And there's zero need to put a, an end date or a number on somebody. Oh, Absolutely. It's it's unnecessary, and I, I don't like it, and we talk about this all the time. Just because WWE decides to take Bill Goldberg, who can't fucking work a match, and listen, we were all Bill Goldberg fans, and we were all Goldberg fans when he came back in 2016, but you put Goldberg in a position, you put him, and this is the thing WWE does too, which I, I've talked about this multiple times in the podcast, and I know I'm ranting about it now, but we talked about this so many times where WWE puts together these big guys against each other, and it's a disaster. And it's like, you know, you have Goldberg wrestling guys that are hit, you know, come on, like, why can't Goldberg wrestle a guy that's going to make him look good? Goldberg goes up against Seth Rollins, he'll probably look good. Goldberg goes up against, like, Kofi Kingston, probably look good. Brian Danielson look good. Guys that will make Goldberg look good. No, let's just take Goldberg at 55 and Undertaker at 55 and make them wrestle each other. Good luck. Fuck, man. I didn't even watch that match. No, you, you know, and you shouldn't. But it comes back and that's the, that is creating this terrible, terrible mentality right now amongst wrestling fans. It needs to end. It needs to end. Because I, I, I am hating looking at this division of like the people who don't support Christian Cage it's out it's outlandish just because WWE decides to book guys as part-timers because they don't want to overexpose them they don't want to put them in positions where they're going to be overworked people forget that Jericho is going to be 51 years old this year and he's worked every show and people forget back when Jericho was 46 years old because we're putting numbers on things. He's working every week with Kevin Owens. But nobody thought about Jericho's age then. Why are we... Why? Why, why do we do this? Just because they fucked Goldberg doesn't mean that everybody else is in the same boat. Just because they decided to rely on part-time schedules to give guys opportunities doesn't mean that AEW is doing that. We need to stop talking about that. And we need to stop judging people on their ages. This is unacceptable, guys. I don't want to see this crap anymore. I don't want to jump to Rampage because... But, I mean, that match was fantastic. Yeah. Christian Cage and Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega sold like a million bucks. I mean, he put him over like nobody's business. It was great. But look... Just look at the match itself. I mean, Kenny Omega is Kenny Omega. Best in the world. But then you have Christian who's just been on an absolute tear. Week after week after week since he made his his return to um, Dynamite, or his, his AEW debut. I didn't watch the Royal Rumble, so I can't speak to to that performance yeah, or anything. And he I know you great. said that, but you know he's, he's killing it week after week on Dynamite. And so, yeah, I mean, to be expected. But I, I think, not to get too far ahead, but what a way to kick off Rampage. And I'm also kind of playing a partial bias because I am a huge Christian Cage fan. 
So I think I play in that role watching a guy that I really like to watch wrestle. I really like to watch work. I like his stories and his character and the history. And, like, I see these people, like, shitting on him. And it's like, I mean, come on. Like, it kind of hurts in a way because he's doing such great work. Like, you know when somebody's past your prime. I mean, look, I, I was a huge Undertaker fan growing up. And it got hard to watch The Undertaker. And, I, and, and the criticisms were worth the criticism. And that's where that's where my comment about age was coming from. It's it's not age itself, but it's as your your body ages and wears down. Like you said, the, the comments about Christian are just based on his age solely, not on his performance. And that's not fair. And then the WWE found ways to put Undertaker in positions to be successful, like his match against AJ Styles. This is stuff that exactly, AEW's right. done with Sting. Right, exactly. So it's it's Goldberg is just put put on a pedestal. He's been it completely exposed, and it's created a completely infectious, terrible, like disease ridden mon- like mentality of like th- the wrestling fan of age. And I I, I don't I just don't want to see this type of ageism continuing. Because it's just, it's it's boundless, it's unnecessary, it's hurtful. And these individuals are busting their ass, not taking places of anybody else, not taking time of anybody else. They are the best in the business, the best in the world on the biggest stages, especially in AEW where they're like Christian Cage working every week. Christian Cage getting the same amount of time working with Jungle Boy, nonetheless. Absolutely. It's not about age. Absolutely. It's just about talent. Absolutely, but speaking of talent and also speaking of age, on that note, Dynamite opened up with Trio's tag action, The Elite versus Dante Martin of Top Flight and the Seidel's, the Seidel brothers, and we just have to take a moment to talk about Dante Martin. Oh yeah, that's the type of thing you look at age and you go, I can't believe this guy's so young. I mean, fantastic, stole the show. The level that The Elite are on is a different level. Yeah. But Dante Martin is special. And I, we said this about Top Flight. When we saw Top Flight for the first time, I was like, wow, these are like almost Motor City Machine Guns because the Motor City Machine Guns were so fresh, so different than all the other types of tag teams that we had. It was almost like watching Matt and Jeff Hardy for the first time. And it was this experience. And you don't even realize how big Matt and Jeff Hardy are, like, you know, in terms of, like, height. Like, you, we always thought they were, like, these little guys because it was a land of giants, right? Like, WBF. And it's like you find out later, like, Jeff Hardy's this giant dude. <laughs> and it's just because the guys were so big. That, like, I mean, but Motor City Machine Guns were doing, like, they had this ability. It was like, wow, these guys are different. They're special. And, like, you see Top Flight and you're like, whoa, wait a minute. They're, they're different. Like there's something they're different. here, yeah. And I'm excited to see them get back together coming off injury. And Dante Martin got a great highlight. It's tough to talk about Dynamite this far out because Rampage was so big. But this was great. And then you had Darby Allen against Daniel Garcia, which yep. I think was the next set. Yep. Another young guy, Darby, obviously, enhancement. But these 2.0 guys, not familiar with them. We talked about this in the podcast before. I don't know what we're doing with them because they're getting a lot of TV time. And they're cutting some promos. They're okay on the mic. I don't believe they're signed i don't Is that right right yeah i don't know i don't know i i just don't know what they're doing with these guys they're okay uh somebody's high on them because they're on tv every week so somebody's high on them so i mean we'll see what this turns into i mean daniel garcia versus darby allen was solid good match yeah, no two two great matches to start the show just i mean they're almost non-factors in a way i mean it it doesn't really lead to much, but it was good for Dante Martin to get that. I mean, it was a lot of near falls toward the end. Seidel's are great. They're really this good enhancements. Action-packed, fast-paced, exciting. This was just, like, enjoying wrestling. Like, yeah, Darby Allen, Daniel Garcia, great match. This was, we were driving home. We were a little late to Dynamite. Driving home in the middle of that crazy thunderstorm. Yeah, but this Dynamite itself was kind of lackluster. You know, because I think that we get, like, best friends against... Uh, HFO. HFO, which was good. But, you know, Wheeler Yudas, I like him. Wheeler Yudas got a lot. I just, no, he's really great, but I don't want Trent to be forgotten. And Trent's not going to be forgotten. I'm just glad that, you know, Wheeler Yudas kind of came growing? out of like nowhere. Yeah. No, he he's he was on the New Japan Resurgence Yeah, show they're like also. a faction. You got like Statlander, OC, Wheeler Yuta. Trent. Chuck Taylor. I forgot his name. Jesus. Can I forget Chuck? Our friend, oh my god, huge news, uh, Foil Man finally <laughs> made his being the elite debut. 
If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Our friend uh, at the Dynamite goes, you know, where's Trent? Like, that is the only question that anyone should be asking. Again, if you know, you know. But I do like Wheeler Yuta being added to the best friends group. I like Wheeler Yuta, period. He's, yeah, he's yeah. Get really him on, awesome. Get him on TV. Yeah. Sells great. It takes a bump like a champ. Uh, looks good doing it. I mean, it's... I, it's great. Yeah, you know he's he's been a that's great. One of the, I, a that's great how addition. I judge wrestlers. I guess at the end of the day, it's kind of like you know, Matt Cardona becomes your guy because he goes in the death match. You're like, yep, that's it. That's a guy. Support him. Yeah, he's Rich is going to be. <laughs> Rich is going to be wearing his. I guess Zach Ryder. I was not a broski. I was not a broski back in 2011, but right now I'm on the Cardona train. Let's go to Art of War Games, and I'll be in. I my, did wear that shirt to the CCW tournament. Of death so we got to bring it back. We got to bring it back. Death but uh, I was premonition. Game. I knew. Uh, foreshadowing. I saw. I saw. I saw what he had in him. Hilarious. Uh, b- but before the best friends and HFO match, we had Death Triangle responding to Andrade. This just kind of seems like we are going to definitely get Penta and Fenix turning on Pack. It's it's been yeah. feeling that way for a minute, and I I'm conflicted because Death Triangle is is fantastic. But, but then the thought of them j- joining Andrade, Andrade is yeah. like, oof. But but this is the Andrade thing that you kind of have to talk about. You know, you go to Triple Mania, we'll talk about Triple Mania here. This is the feud that's going on AEW. He goes to Triple Mania. People are talking about the fact that AEW said, hey, you know, maybe not right now with the belt. Because these guys are two AEW wrestlers who kind of have to continue the feud on TV, but they can't do that right now because we have to go to All Out. So after All Out, I think, and after the situation or the, whatever this feud is with Pac and Andrade and these guys, when that's over, we can kind of tell the story between Omega and Andrade, and I'm sure it'll be great. But right now, that's kind of, right, that's the reason why you kind of have to hold off. you got two totally different things happening on television right now than what's happening on the other television, which is in AAA. So sure. you kind of you kind of want to make sure that everything's kind of aligning right because you want to make sure it is, and it makes sense. So well, you it can't, d- does make you sense. Can't, as much as you can do detailed and, and deep storytelling, you, you can't overlap with, with certain things. Then there's too much going on. and Right, you don't want to take these two characters because sometimes I felt like what Omega was doing in Impact sometimes was like completely forgotten about in AEW and vice versa. So it's like, you don't want that to happen. So you kind of want to keep the camaraderie here. You kind of have to keep that. So, yeah. you know, we'll see how that turns out. You know, it's the Triple Mania news. Ric Flair was there taking a bunch of bumps. That's exciting. Well, he wasn't taking bumps. He was delivering bumps. Bunch of chops. But 72 years old, Ric Flair. Will, will we be seeing him? He's like in the best mind? shape that he's been in in like 10 years. And the guy almost died like three years ago. I mean, this is like craziness. Do you remember? Of course you remember. On the Jerry Cruz, when they did the the Ric Flair, um, what was it, dress up? They did like the Rick. Like who the did cosplay? the best Ric Flair impression? And the guy came out. He tore off his suit. He threw it, threw it on the ground. He was elbow dropping it, kicking it was his shoes. Perfect. It was it was so good. And after it's over, Rick goes, "Was that really me?" He's like, I'm sorry. And the, and the crowd's like, yeah. And he goes, wow, I have to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> if that was me, I have to apologize. What? That was that was really awesome. And then um, the one woman dressed up like Charlotte. Yeah. And I actually thought it was Charlotte. Yeah, and he was, he was like, you look exactly like my daughter. It was amazing. That was that was fun. That was a fun trip. But uh, maybe we'll be seeing him soon. I mean, if they want to bring possible. that to uh they want to bring that storyline to dynamite and add rick flair to andrade's team uh i'm not opposed that could be very cool but we touched on statlander versus nyla um it's just it's great to have both these ladies in action um statlander's been killing it since she returned it's great to have nyla on tv and i um you know i enjoyed this one uh as I mentioned, a little bit more than their first meeting, but things just seem to click here. Yeah, and it, it, it kind of rolled into Tony Schiavone talking to Britt Baker, which what? was a way to set up with Red Velvet, which was the rampage. Yep, and what a hometown reception Dr. Britt got both nights uh, in Britsburg, both on Dynamite and Rampage. See, what AEW does here is nice job, right? It, it's, you know, they knew he, she was going to get cheered. 
It wasn't this like, you know, we have to go out there and shut the crowd down because they're going to take over for our story. No, just embrace it. The crowd plays a role. It's so important. And they're the ones that tell direction. They're the ones that buy the tickets. They're the ones that buy the merchandise. They're the ones that, that watch the show. They give you the ratings. Just let Britt Baker go out there, get her pop, do what she did, rally the troops. Red Velvet comes out, beats her up. It's continuation, obviously Rampage, they have their big old match, and we can talk about that too, we'll touch upon it here. Rampage, Britt Baker versus Red Velvet, it's the main event of the enormous debut of Rampage, which was fantastic. Britt's gear looked incredible, all white, Pittsburgh colors, but also just look at how like emotional and um, enthusiastic she looked with the crowd behind her, with her... Um, what, the terrible towels. The terrible, to- terrible towels. Like she, absolutely was soaking in that uh, that reaction, and she deserved it so much. But like you said, the AEW allows the fans to build that moment with the wrestlers. Yeah, and they and they didn't really let Red Velvet because I think they understood at the same time. Instead of kind of shut down the crowd, look, you don't want to do that. You let the crowd play. It makes the moment bigger. It makes Britt Baker a bigger star. But instead, look, Red Velvet didn't work heel. No, because Dr. Britt is still the, the heel or, or tweener, but she's in her hometown. So she's just, she, I mean, loves, it, <laughs> she loves the Pittsburgh audience, but it is right, what it I is. Mean, she didn't work heel, that's for sure, because Statlander came in to save her from Baker. Baker was going to attack Velvet at the end of the show. And then Jamie Hayter shows up. That was awesome. And Jamie Hayter looks like a million bucks right now. I mean, she's she, shredded. Oh, my God. Super shredded. Great to have her back. Great to have her aligned with Dr. Britt. What's nice about Jamie Hayter is that she's really new. Yeah, she we hasn't didn't been, get too much of her. It's, it's kind of like the Wardlow thing where there, there's not a lot of... We didn't know about Wardlow. He came in. He debuted for MJF. And we were like, that's the right guy. He looks fantastic. That's like 100% perfect. Yeah. And like I feel like Jamie Hayter's going to come in here and be perfect. Yeah, no, we li- we liked her with B Priestley at the beginning. I wish we had seen more, but I think this is the perfect reintroduction of her. Yeah, I mean, I so I believe that she was working with B Priestley overseas. So now obviously you can't come to America during COVID, so that's difficult. You not you can't take American bookings, you can't come to Dynamite. It's like Bree Priestley had that issue. They had to let yeah. her go. So B Priestley decides she wants to go to UK, NXT UK, I'm sorry. It kind of leaves Jamie Hayter sort of in limbo because I do believe that they were very close in terms of they did tag teams, did stuff together. I saw a lot, I mean, we used to see that before, obviously, COVID. So I don't know if maybe it was just kind of, hey, you know, two individuals going a different direction in their careers. Hayter stays in AEW, big get, aligns herself now with Britt Baker. It was a nice surprise, too. I mean, I definitely wasn't expecting that. It, that's why, yes. Yeah. It was a nice surprise because it wasn't the Iconics. It wasn't... I would still love to see uh, them, but... Uh, yes, of course. But it wasn't predictable. No, not at that all. That was outside the bounds. It was really a nice That had us going, well, little who is this? Well, who, who is, who is well, that? Well, it had all of you saying, who is that? Well, no, I I didn't think it was Becky Lynch. <laughs> but it took me a moment when to... When she showed up and everybody was silent, and I said, what? It's Jamie, Jamie Hayter. Hayter. <laughs> everyone was like, really? I was like, yes, yeah, it's Jamie Hayter. But yeah, the internet, so, some thought it was Becky Lynch. That would have been something. <laughs> it would have been something. But that moves on to what's actually two different segments of the Big LG, which could have been the best buck, or which buck wore best, not the best buck. The best buck is it a relevant or a different a conversation. Different conversation. And it's um, spelled M-A-double-T. N-I-C-K. Okay? Nick. I don't think so. Definitely Nick. Um, Somebody can't Which spell. Buck wore a best? Nick Jackson, obviously. But we had the Good Brothers versus the Dark Order, Evil Uno, but Dangly, and Stu Doc Gallows consistently every week, acknowledge it, consistently every week shows up million bucks. I, he does look fantastic week after week. He's one of those he guys. Is not a buck. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> you can't it, give it's... which buck wore it best. I, I will not cave in here. I'm tired of fighting about this. Which buck wore it best was just the origin of the award. The award is which buck wore it best, and the answer is Doc Gallows. 
It's Nick. We also have which wingmen wore it best, which we haven't seen them we haven't recently. Seen them. How can we do but this? They are doing at all out. They are doing a like wingman pregame. Yeah, but it's on Sunday. Uh, yes, the day of the show. Yeah, but isn't Effie's big gay brunch the same exact time? No, no. Doesn't it overlap? Uh, eleven to two, I believe. Yeah, is one's Effie's like big twelve to brunch. five. Beer Garden opens at twelve. Yeah, we, we got to head. We got to get down the pro wrestling teams. Not on Sunday. Where's the event at? At the arena. It's like a parking lot, like a tailgate. Yeah. All right, that's not bad then. Which wingman wore it best live? Maybe we'll get press passes and we'll ask them. We'll take pictures. <laughs> but we had the Good Brothers versus Dark Order for the Impact Tag Team Championship. Doc Gallows is in the best shape of his life. So that's why he wins the war, which Buck wore best this week. But I don't think I've ever seen, I mean, listen, you guys come after me on I don't think I've ever seen a match with Udo and Grayson that was bad. I mean, every no. match they put on is terrific. Yep. As a tag team, they're excellent. They have, they have great matches. I, I still recall back, it was two years ago, but I still think about the match in the tournament when they went up against SCU. I mean, it was great. I mean, it was terrific. The crowd didn't care, and that was that was messed up. I say this all the time. I want more Stu Grayson. I want more Evil Uno. We we all love Evil Uno. Uh, I thought that this was a great highlight, and I'm glad that we are seeing more of the Dark Order as a whole. So we got the Impact Tag Champions <laughs> defending on AEW Dynamite. Yeah. The match was okay. I mean, like, in, in, in terms, it was seven, eight minutes. Crowd didn't kind of feel into it. I mean, Udo and Grayson looked fantastic. Yeah. Carl Anderson always looks good. Gallows bumps, tries his best. Gallows looks like a guy I you, you want to hang out with. Looks like a fun dude. Like, you know, there's so much Hell criticism yeah. about Gallows. They're like, ah, you know, Gallows, not a great worker. Yeah, but he looks fun. You want to be around him. He's got an infectious personality. This guy has been making money in wrestling for so long. Like, good for him. You'd think he's like 45. He's like 36. Good for him. Age doesn't matter. We, no, we because he's whole... been around for so long. You would think this guy's like you know, 20-year vet, when you realize, like, he was a baby somehow looking like Festus. That's some, I just, that's some work, I, I go back to that's some hearing work. him on the Art of Wrestling podcast, and he's got some gems, some, some good stories out there. Yeah, I'm sure. Gotta love it. But the Good Brothers retain, which uh, we'll be talking more about them as we get to, ne- to New Japan Resurgence in a little bit. Next segment was a little bit puzzling to me a QT Marshall confronting Tony Schiavone yeah and somehow Tony Schiavone's like son's involved and he pulls him out of the crowd they're like kicking the shit out so of I know Nick they've Colorado. had beef like obviously uh, QT and Tony but this seemed like it came out of nowhere this yeah, this, this was fucking segment? stupid I mean it's but didn't mean to be expletive <laughs> just this was kind of stupid I mean it was nice to see Paul White came out yeah, held a joke slam Aaron Solo sold out like yeah. a champ I go but where is this going I don't know. Why is Tony Schiavone's son getting pulled out of the crowd? How'd they know which one was his son? Nobody else at home knew. That could have been anybody. That guy, <laughs> that guy with the beard literally could have been anybody. No one, he didn't have to be Tony Schiavone's son. I mean, you could have just said it was his son. But, like, you know, Paul White comes out, chokeslam solo. That was a nice surprise. Kind of clears out. Yeah, it's that nice to see Paul cool. White. But it was the, just, like, kind of, like, out of... Did we need this segment? I don't I know. know. Just... It, yeah. Everything QT Marshall kind of does, like it's kind of the thing. It just it feels like where are it's we not, going? Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Why are we doing this? Why are we going there? Why did Nick Camarado randomly attack Tony Schiavone's son and have Paul White come <laughs> save? What a weird thing. But is this something fan participation? Like, did we miss something on Dark or Elevation? Yes. Is, is there? If it sets up for QT or a tag team or something with Paul White getting a six-man tag, if it's some way to get Paul White into action, if he's going to have a couple guys that come to his you know, corner, it's going to be like QT, Solo, and Camarado versus like Paul White and somebody. I get that. That's fine. Sure. Setting a match. Sure. But like, did we miss where this came from? What the origin was? We may have. Why they just pulled Tony Schiavone's son out of the audience for no reason in a yeah. promo? Let us know. Because I'm not quite sure how we got to this moment. But that brings us to the main event of the evening of Dynamite, which was the fourth labor of Jericho. The fourth labor of Jericho. 
Chris Jericho versus Mr. Big Money Wardlow. With the event. stipulation of having to be powerbombed 51 times. And he survived him for survived all 50 powerbombs. I, I loved it. Go Big Money. It reminded me of like when Lesnar was suplexing guys. It was just the same move over and over again. They'd count them out. Yeah. It was like we could have counted out how many times Wardlow powerbombed Chris Jericho. But he looked like the dominant. And he kept powerbombing him through the picture in picture. <laughs> It was great. That's all. <laughs> Chris Jericho took 10 power bombs <laughs> and beat Wardlow with three moves. Oof. What the fuck? Listen, we love Wardlow. Uh, but, of course, Jericho gets the win. He's advancing to the fifth labor of Jericho, which is going to be him versus MJF. And the stipulation here, because these stipulations don't end, is... Everything Judas is banned. And yeah, no the fans Judas are going to have to sing song. the song. I really hope they don't fuck this up. Oh, man. I hope they print some fucking lyrics and put them on everybody's seat. It's been because all over I, like, Twitter, AEW Please Twitter don't fuck account. this up. The, the crowd can sing it. Here's the, the crowd knows the lyrics. It's but it's always, how is everyone going to start that's together? That's the problem. Yeah, yeah there's no music. You have to start it together. I don't know if they want to go to a break and then kind of... I know it's cheating, but like have Justin Roberts go, Okay, guys... Here we go. Yeah. Like, let's kind of tee it up. I, you know, just for television purposes. But no Judas theme song, no Judas effect. Uh, Should be interesting. But I guess the question is... Are they going to sing the, like, the bum, 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 bum part in the beginning? I hope so. Are they going to verbalize that? You know what? That's how you get everyone on beat. (laughs) You you do the instrumentals also. Acapella. Um, You you acapella (laughs) the instrumentals. Awesome. Listen... Um, is this going to go to All Out also? Like, or is, do you think this is going to be it? I have no idea. Me either. I, I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't a big fan of this happening because it's like, we've been doing this for six months now. And it's like, it, you know, we went through the entire faction warfare to then divide it up individually. I thought, yeah, I know. I thought Next they were week we have Sammy opposite. Guevara on a big announcement, which could be turning into the next set. I don't want to skip through Jericho, but... Could be him maybe challenging Miro come all out. That is a possibility, and that is a match I would very much like to see. So we'll actually just go ahead and continue on with Rampage. So we talked about Christian versus Omega. We Which was just a five-star clinic. Amazing. The match was great. We talked about Dr. Britt versus Red Velvet. Um, in the middle of that, we had... TNT champion, God's favorite champion, Miro, the Redeemer, versus Fuego. Stipulations are if Fuego wins, he not only becomes TNT champion, he also gets an AEW contract. Which makes sense. He's been putting in the work. If you're TNT champion, you gotta have a contract. Well, that also. <laughs> um, but this was a very fun match. Um, great by, by both men. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that tornado DDT is all he's got. I like the Just power gave him everything. Listen, everything in the tank. Hell yeah. Fuego fought for his life. He the gave Redeemer it his sold all. like a champ. Put him over. Miro gets the win, retains his championship, but in the end, Fuego gets his contract. Yeah, Sammy Guevara comes out with Tony Khan. They give him a contract. It's great. Heartwarming moment on television. AF right there. That is the content that we like to see. It was a great rampage. I mean, they opened up right hot. Crowd was on fire. I mean, they, they made it through Dark and Elevation, which was kind of my question. You know, because of the way the Dark and Elevation are, if they did tape before, I don't actually know what they did that day. I don't, yeah, I don't know. But if they did, it's kind of hard to keep the fans, like, ready. Because some of those matches, you know, they're they're very enhancement level, and it's kind of hard to, you know, to keep the excitement through that point. Now, I'm not worried about next week. Oof. But I'm just saying on the general audience, if this is what they're going to do for the live shows... Well, it's just, it's not even... The matches itself, it's just when you're sitting through two or three hours of wrestling, two or three, three hours of anything. Yes, yeah. and but two hours of enhancement matches of guys that are not top talents. You, you know, you're watching that. It could drain on you a little bit. Two full hours at the venue, you know. We were well, we were talking about that with the Arthur Ashe show coming up and with Newark. Um, you know, how long are we going to end up being at the arena. Yeah, I mean, that's a big question. When we go to Newark and Arthur Ashe, are we filming Rampage after the Dynamite that night? I don't know. Like, is it, are we going to get a Dynamite and Rampage in the, the same turn? Plan. They haven't announced anything. I'm interested to see how the taped Rampages um, end up because the, the live Rampage was awesome. 
Yeah, this I mean, week, it's the they, same they audience. I'm sure it. it'll be exciting. No, I mean it's we've talked about it before. Like a taped show just has this different energy than a live show, even though it doesn't make any sense because you're in front of a crowd. Um, it's true. I'm sure this week, uh, United Center, live in the city of Chicago, that is going to be a huge, huge, huge episode of Rampage. But I'm interested to see how the tape shows end up being, too. I, I like the aspect of it being live. I think we all do. Yeah, I mean, I mean from, from all sakes, would they get 740,000 viewers? Great number. Good number. Friday night, 10 o'clock p.m., you know, you're on cable television, so it's not network. So you're not, you know, you're not, you're, you're coming off the curtails of SmackDown, which is probably a good lead-in. But, you know, you have a good audience that's changing over. Let's just say that's the example. You change over from SmackDown. Obviously, a lot of football games were happening at the same time. time kind of tough to compete. But, you know, you, you roll over into this. It was a great show. Christian Cage, Omega was awesome. Excellent way to open the show. Fuego Miro, excellent. Then you finish with Britt Baker. You debut Jamie Hayter. And it was good. I mean, it was Ladies good from top invented. down. It was very, very well done. It was a good hour of wrestling. Fast it, hour. Very, very fast. In, in, in the best way. I... But, you know, I, I kind of wondered this, too. You have Rampage. Obviously, you're expecting that eventually Rampage is going to be two hours. Is that going to oversaturate the product? Is it going to be too long? That's, that's a big question. I, we got we to see, obviously, going forward. Yeah. Because we may still have this feeling that there's not enough time. Because, again, Omega wrestled Wednesday. Omega wrestled Friday. There's still guys that aren't getting those television slots. But going forward, we'll see how it's going to be with the tapings. Where, you know, it, since it's happening the same night... Omega may not wrestle those two types right. of matches. So you're going to have different styles of shows. So let's see what type of show after the United Center event. Yeah. I, I do believe they're taping it on that Dynamite. So let's see what type of matches they put on for that yeah. Friday. But I think it was, I think it went as good as it could have. Um, it, it was a great hour of television and it, it left me wanting more in the best way. Like, now I'm excited. I'm super amped for this week. It felt good to have another hour of Dynamite, though. Yeah. It did. It was a good show. And then it kind of rolls into our weekend, which was obviously Giants-Jets game, which was just miserable. <laughs> I, it was just absolutely brutal. I'm sorry. So, I mean, it was, it was we were... I had to... I bought a stadium-approved clear backpack because I didn't want to carry my wallet and my phone and, and your wallet and everything. And... Someone in the, the merchandise room was asking when the third quarter starts. And the lady at the counter was like, uh, that depends on the game. There is no time for the, the third quarter starting. And I'm sitting here like laughing at this woman. Unbeknownst to me, she was asking because that's when they cut off the beer. Not only do they cut off and the I beer, I mean, they up. shut down all the fucking stands. I mean, think about this. It took us an hour Half to get into the ends, damn thing. We saw, like, open. five minutes of the first quarter. We get into the second quarter. They pull every fucking starter on the team. Now it's 3 nothing. They can't get a first down. They, it, I mean, the amount of punts, it was absurd. Nobody threw for, like, 100 yards. That was, I mean, the Jets did. But, I mean, the rest of them didn't throw for 100 yards. I mean, this was abysmal. You go down and you're like, all right, well, you know, let's get some beer and let's get some food. And they're like, halftime. It's like, no, nah, we're going to shut everything down. The cookies, cheesesteaks, nachos. Just fucking shut it all down. It's preseason. Go, go the fuck home. You can get a so water bottle like, and some soda. Awful. Just terrible. Third quarter comes. There's three minutes to go before the Jets score a touchdown. 10 nothing. I was like, that's enough to win the game. Let's go home. Yes, and... We did. <laughs> then it turned into Resurgence. We watched Resurgence with our Wendy's. Which had a bunch of matches, and this is how we're going to kind of cover the New Japan here. Obviously, we don't want the show to go exceedingly long. But there were a bunch. It was a Young Lions match. You had Carl Fredericks, Clark Connors worked. There was a big six-man or eight-man tag match that was kind of sloppy, to be honest. Had a couple tag matches um, to, to start off the show. Then when you get into the meat of it, we had uh, first singles action um, on like the second half of the card. Hikaleo versus Juice Robinson. Yeah, I guess you can kind of say when, when it started picking up. Yeah. Yeah, you had Hikaleo versus Juice Robinson. Obviously, Juicy comes out here. No more Finn Juice. I mean, the expectation or anticipation is that, that David Finley is not going to be working with New Japan much longer. I mean, that's just the rumor. That's the feeling. That's kind of what he said. So obviously, you know, spoiler alert, he doesn't beat Jay White. Let's not skip ahead. I'm, I'm not. I'm just saying, spoiler alert, he doesn't beat Jay White. So it kind of pertains to see that 
maybe he won't be there anymore. So we'll see what happens with him. So Juice Robinson's going one-on-one with Hikaleo. Juice is shredded. Looks great. But both of them. Hikuleo is back. I mean, we talked about how fantastic. he looked on Dynamite, not green. He is a foot taller than Juice Robinson. No, but he's really, he's really coming into his own, and I've been so happy to see his, his recent work. Um, he's really making a name for himself. And while Juice sneaks out the win here, Hikaleo hits a choke slam at the end. I mean, I think they both came out looking strong. And, and it's a show that really felt like they were starting new in a way like it felt like hey we're gonna start these stories now we're gonna wrap up what it was we had we got hit really hard because now after this like osprey shows up and you have all of a sudden this i've never been pinned they stripped me but moxley can walk around and COVID never lose a damn belt i'm getting out of here forget new japan i'm going through the door tj perkins shows up which again i wearing a bunch of rams crap to try to get a hometown pop nobody gave a shit T.J. Perkins is a, a hit or miss. Either you like him or you don't. So, I mean, that's the thing. But Osprey beats it out. He's got a terrific character right now. Look good. I, I didn't even no, recognize he, him. He, he, he looked great. It's nice to see him back. But I think you're right. Um, they are kind of doing a bit of a reset here because they're really making their presence and, and statement known with New Japan of America. And I think that in New Japan of America... They're trying to work more of an American style. There's a lot of run-ins. There's guys showing up, cutting some promos like Osprey did. You had Moxley standing in on Tanahashi. You had, you know, the big surprise during the Good Brothers match. Not going to get there yet. No, Almost I'm not going to do that for you. You're going to be the one. But, you know, you have, you have all this stuff kind of happening. You had beatdowns post. You have stuff that's capping that's a little different than what you see traditionally on a New Japan card. Sure. So this was kind of nice. This was kind of nice to have this. It was it was a nice way of having, you know, New Japan style of wrestling with this kind of like crazy, unexpected new storyline type of aspect. Yeah. No, but I think the future looks bright. They've got the um, Autumn Attack coming up. They're going to be hitting Dallas and Philly. They announced some, I think, pay-per-view events for the fall. Um, on the West Coast, so they're they're going to be doing a lot here, which is cool, and we're excited to see what's to come. After Hikaleo versus uh, Juice Robinson, we had Moose versus Ishii. Tomohiro Ishii. Yeah, I I didn't like this match. I know and I'm, you a didn't. I'm a huge fan of Moose, huge fan of Ishii. I didn't like this match. It was a lot of just there was a lot of no selling in this thing. And I know Ishii's tough, you know, you hit him a couple times, he's like, you know, he's, he stiffens up, it's like, you're going to have to hit me a little harder. But I mean, this thing went on the whole match. And they were taking bumps and selling, and then like getting up, and then no selling. I This this wasn't booked well. Didn't like this. I mean, it, it it's me, but I didn't like it. I mean, because I'm a huge fan of Moose, huge and fan Ishii. of Ishii. Didn't like the way they booked this thing together. Good, solid match. I mean, back and forth, you know, Not good action. Not what you expected? Yeah, it, it was... You know, usually you kind of do the no-sells as people are in the beginning. And then you can kind of have your, like, little hook-up moment maybe at the end. But, you know, I mean, they, they went through, they took a bunch of bumps, sold a bunch of bumps, had a few two-counts. And then you kind of turn it into, like, yeah, we're just going to no-sell each other again. Big boots and back and forth. I don't, I don't know. I didn't like it. Didn't like it the way it was structured. But maybe, you know, not every wrestling match is everyone's cup of tea, right? So, yeah, otherwise, no. it was good action. I mean, these guys went back and forth, looked good, hard long match. Hitting. Yeah, hard hitting. I mean, was, all that stuff was part of it. It was good in that way. Just didn't like the way that it was structured. Arguably one of the biggest moments of the night, and undoubtedly my favorite moment of the night, came in the next match. We had tag team action, the Good Brothers, Machine Gun Carl Anderson, and the Big LG versus the Mox Man and Yuji Nagata. So that was um, nice to see Mox team up with Nagata. They had a nice... Uh, IWGP US Championship match a while back on Dynamite. Uh, Mox's New Japan theme song we got to hear, one of my favorite things. Good Brothers get the win, but they are confronted by the return of my boys, Tamatonga and Tangaloa, the Gorillas of Destiny. And we are moments away from getting this tag team match. Yeah, I didn't think this match was anything special. Yeah, the Good Brothers versus Mox and Nagata. It was nice to see Yuji Nagata. It was nice to see Moxley going up against Good Brothers. I like this. I didn't think it was anything special. I wonder if they're going to start, and this is obviously 
sort of thing you're thinking too. I wonder if they're going to start kind of making sure these storylines make sense for who the guys are and who they have across an AEW. Because obviously they're different, but you know, the good brothers come over here and they're they're kind of feuding with Dark Order, they're in the elite, they're doing the elite stuff. They come to New Japan and they're not really doing the elite stuff. They're doing the Bullet Club stuff. And they're not it's like they're not the same type of good brothers they are on Wednesdays. They're not the same good brothers they are on Impact. This is different. So I wonder if they're going to keep canon that across yeah. all all platforms. I uh, yes, like I wonder if they're going to start to kind of integrate the characters across with all of the characters because now you're in America. Now you're going from one company to the other company to the other company. You know, are they going to get the theme songs back on alignment? You know, are these things going to start to happen? I wonder. Obviously, I know that that TK kind of coined the wild thing thing for Mox. Not coined it, you know, paid for it, whatever. So it's like, you know, obviously you may not be able to use that particularly with New Japan. But I'm I'm cool with, um, you know, you have a theme song here, you have a theme song there. I don't necessarily have an issue with that, but I think in terms of like the character and story development, like you said. But now you're running the show in America. You have the same guys that are going to be working in America. They're on television. They're a very similar audience, kind of cross-platform. You have this forbidden door. Are you going to, or maybe should they, kind of start to tighten those bolts a little bit more? No, I don't don't disagree with you there. So Um, in that turn, it's kind of like, you know, does G.O.D. show up on Dynamite soon? Oh, well... Hell yeah, they fucking better. It's when in reality, <laughs> it's saying. a New Japan team in Gorillas of Destiny and an Impact team in Good Brothers wrestling on AEW. Which is fine because <laughs> we, we've had we've had NWA, we've had Impact, we've had New Japan all on Dynamite. We are opening our arms to this. There's no issues. But you also have the brooding drama between the... I guess now the super elite and and the bullet club. I mean, there's instant Well, well Tom story. is just like, why the fuck are you back? Yeah. You left. You took the money and ran. You're coming back talking shit. This is the story. Yeah. Not just me. <laughs> you you come back talking shit. You coming out here. We're the bullet club. You ain't. Yeah. And it's like that's kind of what this is. They're back and forth. And it's like this will be a good feud. There is so much story to be told. There's here. a lot of talking that's going to be done. A lot of talking. A lot of heat. Be a lot of action, too. We are getting close to that match, and I am super, super, super excited. Uh, But it was nice to see G.O.D. back on my New Japan. Yeah, it's been a minute. We were wondering where they were, because they were here in America. They were doing these shows in America. Why Tama wasn't on New Japan. So now, obviously, they are. There we go. Uh, But we, we, and by we, I mean me, Absolutely loved that. You touched on the Osprey return. After that, we had never open weight championship action. Jay White versus David Finley. This was my match of the night. Yeah, it definitely was a match of the night. I mean, yeah. Tanahashi Archer was good. This was probably the best match of the night. Probably the best match I've seen of David Finley. Obviously, Jay White, you know. Yeah. Carry anybody. But it's... David Finley was good. I mean, David Finley's been getting better. David Finley's yeah, had absolutely. much better matches over the past year than he's had previously. I mean, obviously, he's getting you know more mature, becoming a veteran in this ring. I mean, obviously, working cross-platform, Finn Juice has been good. I mean, this was a very, very good match. Obviously, Jay White goes over. Then Jay White says, look, I'm going to be stepping out of this platform. I'm going to be walking out. I'm going to be testing the waters and kind of saying, hey, look, maybe the Forbidden Door needs to get open similar to Osprey's. Because, again, these guys are in America. They can't get back to Japan right now to run these shows. they got to do something. And New Japan, it's it's a smart little thing to kind of cross over and say, hey, let's grab some attention from AEW. Let's get their stuff. They're going to be on Dynamite. They're going to be on Rampage, even Impact. Let's grab all the attention because New Japan of America was kind of like, why are you even doing this right now when these other bodies are going to swallow you up? But now you kind of link it in. You say, hey, well, you know what? Yeah. We're going to step over. We're going to put ourselves in position. So let's see. So it's a nice little like trifecta we've got going on here. Between the between the companies, 
Then we have the main event of the evening, of course, which was the ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi, versus Lance Archer for the IWGP U.S. Heavyweight Championship. Go ace. Go ace. Uh, he was rocking out with that electric air guitar at the at end. At the end? They, Dude. I, 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 they've, I've heard fucking music. Magic. Music was happening yeah, there, there while he was playing his fucking guitar. But, air guitar. Uh, you know, this match was all right. Obviously, it's back and forth. It just, it kind of... It felt off for some reason. Maybe again, it was me. It was late. We had seen so much. It was like two o'clock in the morning. Two thirty in the morning. It was a long day. So I mean, we, I you know, we got through this. And then Moxley's just there, which was fucking convoluted because you know you finish this match. They don't even give the belt to Tanahashi yet. He wins the IWGP US title, which is a big deal. Moxley's just there, and then he leaves. Nothing happens. Then they give the belt to Tanahashi. Archer's standing around with a microphone in his hand, like, all right, can I, like, do my promo? Then Archer cuts kind of almost like a babyface promo, kind of telling him, hey, look, you can come to AEW anytime you want. Then they do the celebration. It just was, like, out of order. Like, everything was kind of like, you know, maybe, you know, you, you give him the title... Archer cuts the promo, he leaves, he's celebrating, you know, Tanahashi's celebrating, then Moxley comes out, and you kind of have that, like, oh, okay, you know. But, my, you know, this is out of order. Weird. Mox obviously scouting Tanahashi after he called him out on Dynamite a couple weeks back. Um, I mean, Tanahashi going to pay-per-view is a big match. I mean, if it's oh, all out, yeah. if that's the case, if the rumors stand, you're talking big-time match after big-time match. Tanahashi, yeah. Moxley, Darby Allin, CM Punk, yeah. Andrade versus Pac. I mean, you're talking big-time right big matches that are going to be on money. television. And then uh, Omega versus Christian again. I was a little surprised that Archer lost the belt so quickly, but I think that this is a great opportunity for us to have more Tanahashi and right But America I think this right was now. done for the purpose of setting up the feud with Moxley. That too. Like, it's like, you know, Archer can kind of be the fall guy. He's a three-time U.S. champ. Archer is well-respected in New Japan. Absolutely. He can kind of come in here, win the title. No one looks at him the other way because he lost Tanahashi. You're not going to think twice about that. No, this of is, course. But this is the kind of shit I was talking about with AEW. It's Archer is a legitimate elite-level IWGP US champion. So is Moxley. So is Tanahashi. There's no problem that Archer had the belt for three weeks. None. Doesn't hurt the belt. Doesn't hurt Archer. No, no, doesn't hurt prestige. All. You don't have to have 250-day reigns all the time if the story makes sense. You want to set it up that Moxley and Tanahashi don't have to go at it and they have a reason to fight because, again, Moxley needs a rematch in a way against Archer. And Archer already said that he'll be coming for his rematch. He, but he you don't want to spoil Tanahashi coming to Dynamite to have a random IWGP US heavyweight match. You want to put that on the pay-per-view. Yeah. So it's a great story. You give it to you give it to Archer. It's a great story. Archer drops to Tanahashi. Moxley gets a rematch against Tanahashi. I hope Mon uh, Tanahashi goes over. Because then you get Tanahashi versus Archer again, as he had said in the rematch. Yeah. So you get a, you just you just told you know you just told two months of story right there. Yeah. Right in that little window, and it's perfect. You got three guys, elite level IWGP US heavyweight title contenders. You have all these guys doing it. Belt kind of swapped a little bit, but that's fine. Sets the story up. Everybody's got rematches. Everybody has a play on the belt. Everybody has a reason to wrestle, and you can put it all together and you tie up two months. It's great. It's well done. Very well done. That's the kind of stuff that, like I said, and it's, it's not a criticism. It's just kind of, hey, you know, we're sitting here in AEW going, all right, now. Adam Page is going to beat Kenny Omega, and then Adam Page is going to fight Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston have his third match. And he's going to fight Archer, and that's going to be his third match. And you know, it, these guys are just going to again. It's going to be the gamut of the same crew fighting for the AEW World Title because we have to fill time instead of telling the story. But now we're entering year two. It's almost been two years on television. This coming October. So, who's to say that after you know that second anniversary that now we have our you know, first set of champions, we see them go in a different direction where... I, I, I think that would be best. You have an extra hour now on television. You have more TV time. You got more specials on TNT. They're going to have to, you know, you're going to have more of this happening that maybe you're going to have. You have four yeah. of the specials. You got four pay-per-views. You got eight big shows a year. Maybe you don't have to drag it out where you're trying to push it from pay-per-view to pay-per-view. You're trying to move, you know, from May to August from, you know... That stretch. November, especially that stretch. November to February, November to March. That's yeah. brutal. But you get that, you know, you get that big January no, show in there those, where that thing can happen. You know, that help. stuff can work. 
I agree. And you don't necessarily have to have, and I don't want to call it filler because it's not. The matches are very good. Well, you know, Eddie Kingston goes to pay-per-view has a great match against Moxley. This, that's, that's not what I mean by that. But it's kind of that you know they're not going to win. And you lose that kind of, you're it's, filling it's the and then you're charging me 50 bucks for it. Not the match. It's never the match. I'd have no problem watching a great match yeah. between Eddie Kingston and Kenny Omega on TV. No problem at all. But then you're asking me to pay damn well knowing Eddie Kingston's not going to win that match. It's kind of tough. But if they do the Christian Cage rematch, which I'm hoping they do, because the ma- first match is good. I think that was the, that's the a plan from Dynamite, Yeah, you give it a right? little twist, you change it up a little bit, do something, because obviously you use the chair, maybe, I don't know, you do something a little different. But, you know, Christian Cage clearly can beat Omega. That changes the game. Yeah. Come all out. Yeah. Even though Christian's not going to win, you know, but it changes no, but the game because he clearly can beat him. It's yes. a story that you can tell that maybe you can buy into a little bit better. It's like the, in I, comparison. the Scorpio Sky Jericho match back two years ago. They they did a great job of giving you that holy shit, Scorpio Sky might actually take away with this and you're just able because to Because Scorpio buy Sky in. can beat you for the tag team titles. Yep. So it, it's that it's that yeah. dynamic. It, that was that was well done. Yeah. This one, if they do get to the Christian again and all out, I think it will be done well. You can kind of plant those seeds, you can tell that story, that look. Come all out. Christian beats you at Rampage. He could do it again. Yeah. That's all you need. That's, That's all you need to buy in. Bef- and the match was great. Before we wrap up, though, we haven't had a chance to watch Summer Struggle, but I saw the clips on Twitter. Rapongi 3K is no more. Potentially. Yeah, I know. I don't like this. Show turned no. on Yo. How do you feel? Betrayed. Because I supported Yo. I always knew. I never trusted Show. I, I, I'm a show girl. Never trusted that guy. A show girl? Is that the right phrase? Yeah. I like show. Yeah. I think it's the right phase for you all the way through. <laughs> but with that, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, hope you're doing well, staying safe, and getting ready for this huge, huge, huge AEW Rampage on Friday. Uh, cannot wait to talk about it next week. We are at Dojo and Dynamite on Twitter, at Dojo and Dynamite on Instagram, Dojo and Dynamite at gmail.com, and we will be back later this week with another episode. Thanks, guys.